<laughs> second episode of Podcast Without a Name. I have my friend uh, Riddick here. Say hi, Riddick. Hello. All right, everyone. This is uh, he, he's my sound guy running things. You can also go find him on uh, Splash Damage Radio. Uh, Josh, you want to talk about it? Yeah, Splash Damage Radio uh, is my uh, volunteer radio show that I do every Wednesday at 8pm to 10pm GMT. That's British time, because, hey, I'm a British boy. Um, And yeah, just general great tracks, music that you might not have heard for a while, fun stuff like that. So yeah, check out every Wednesday, splashdamageradio.co.uk. Write it down. Tattoo it on your arm. Make sure you don't forget, because I always fucking forget. And we are here with uh, Jeff Smith. Jeff, introduce yourself. Uh, first, I'd like to thank you, Luke, for having me on your show. Uh, no problem. My name is Jeff Smith. Uh, I'm, a, I guess, a local guy here in Nacogdoches, Texas now. I'm a retired lieutenant colonel in the Army. I've been retired since about 2007. Uh, retired from the army, been doing a few other things. Uh, in the meantime, I would like to do a plug for a organization I'm involved with called the Patriot Guard Riders. We're a national organization, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And our mission is to stand the line between those who would mourn the loss of a fallen veteran, first responder, or law enforcement and those who would uh, see to disrupt that service. Uh, We provide funeral motorcycle escorts and we stand a flag line uh, for those families that invite us to attend their services. Um, If you haven't heard about them, I would encourage you to go check out patriotguardriders.org or the local chapter of which I'm a senior ride captain you could find it on etpgr.com. That stands for East Texas Patriot Guardwriters.com. That's my gratuitous plug. <laughs> All right. And I'll put that link there when I post this episode as well. Uh, let everyone know where to go. Sound good? Thanks, man. Not a problem. All right. So what what was something we were talking about earlier? Because we, yeah. we had met for lunch prior to this. Absolutely. I had, man, it was, it was a great free flow of conversation. So, so towards that end, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there to kind of sort of what we're talking about and see where we go from there. Uh, one of the things we talked about was, and, and it's, uh, was the war on drugs um, yep. and kind of the effect of uh, what, what the outcome of that has been along with some of the other attitudes in America absolutely something near and dear to my heart um as as it's affected from a military standpoint uh a lot of our missions and operations since the official war began i guess it was back in the early 70s late 60s when nixon officially declared it uh but i think it's a war that's been going on uh as early since as the 30s um and and like any war, I would say there are good parts about it and bad parts about it. Um, what 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 would you, what would be your you know your your stance when when you get down to the nitty gritty of how, how you feel on it? Well, my my stance is like any war. Uh, it I, I wish it I wish it wasn't being fought. And unlike 
unlike some wars in the past where it's easy for at least me as as from my background to see a just war you know world war ii a just war against fascism uh versus a war on drugs which uh to my knowledge and I, and i may be wrong but it's also similar to my stance on weapons i have never i have never been accosted mugged or attacked by a drug in my life yeah um, i i don't do heroin i don't like heroin i don't like the effects heroin has on people but i also don't like the effects that a hammer has on people when you hit them in the head with it for real uh, it goes back to that same argument you know guns don't kill people uh, people kill people you know what that, i mean that's it. That, that's and that's and that's i really believe that and i believe that towards the war on drugs as well is that while there are just wars i don't believe our war on what we assume is the war on drugs is truly a just war i think it was a an effort uh misguided at at best in the in the 20s and 30s when we were when we were starting to become a bonafide industrial society and there there absolutely are evils to any type of overuse of anything whether it be cough syrup uh marijuana or coffee uh right too much of a good thing is a bad thing you know even food you know you you can even get overweight off of you know thriving you know absolutely absolutely uh so so to declare war on an inanimate object to me is the height of absurdity um yeah i mean it, it to me it really is i'm going to declare war on rocks right um, it, it's a war on thought it's a war on an ideology you know correct. you can't you can't declare war on thinking itself that that's no. correct it, it's it, and so so to to put forth effort the effort that has been put forth in in my humble opinion when you look at just raw dollars uh and time spent it it's it's been wasted uh and it's 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 really gone to the bureaucracy of america rather than to fix a problem yeah uh, beaten on a brick wall with a rubber mallet that's it that's right. it i feel like probably uh, a better way they could have put it instead of referring to it as a war they could have probably originally said we'd like to have a better control over the use of more harmful substances such as cocaine or heroin or uh, more psychoactive substances which can harm you in in different ways you know i, I absolutely agree with that uh it, it it is there are, there are there are so many different lines and when when you start drawing lines and again i'm not i'm not ignorant to the need of regulations uh yeah. but but when you start drawing lines it's a double-edged sword because it because then that's what happens is you oftentimes these lines become arbitrary lines exactly uh, that that ab that really absolutely mean nothing other than the society approved definition um right because you're, you're told to draw lines but you're never told to stop drawing lines so they continue to you know make these smaller and smaller segments these smaller and smaller little fine detailed lines you know and that, that's where bureaucracy comes from you know it's this only if this this only if this you know you, you know what exactly. i mean 
That's it. It's it's a it's it's a cell. It, we were talking programming earlier. Exactly. Uh, I, I remember basic programming, the good old if-then-else statement. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a endless loop of if-then-else is is the bureaucracy, and it goes to the old adage: the bureaucracy is expanding to meet the needs of the expanding bureaucracy. Exactly. And and I, I think that's what's happened with the war on drugs. Is we we, we as a society don't even really know what it mean what that means anymore uh and some some of the things that are coming out now uh that that were classified if you will uh the introduction of crack cocaine by uh federal agencies that you know may or may not be still in existence today uh you know black projects things of that nature uh, yeah. drug smuggling that you know went to you know the iran contra controversy uh you know all of those things that if you're truly fighting a war against drugs why would you fund one cartel over another cartel yeah i get enemy of my enemy all of that but that's again goes back to the philosophical idea it's not really a war then at that point you're just you're just drawing an arbitrary line and yeah now, what I think we did is we jumped the gun a bit and we started swinging at the dark. You know, you, you can't fight a war if you don't really have a target. You know, yeah, I think war on drugs is too broad of a term. I, I, I think it's, you know, it's like it's like saying, you know, war on thought. You know, how, how do you police thought or how do you fight thought? It creates automatically a good guy and a bad guy. And uh -huh. it, it eliminates the opportunity for a discourse because either at that point if it's a war i get war i've been in the army you know 20 plus yeah. years uh in a, in wartime i'm i'm sorry brother but either you're with me or you're against me right us right. or them you know it, you, you're you're drawing a line but you're drawing it in the sand it, that's it and it's and when it's when it's something life or death hey i'm all about it but when it's something arbitrary then it it really and, and I'm not I'm not proud of it I'm not ashamed of it I'm just I, I was a cog in the wheel of the war on drugs in my early military career stationed yeah. in Latin America uh, right on the heels of the Iran Contra and Operation Blast Furnace down in Colombia um, where a lot of our missions the the primary portion of our missions our stated objective back then during the Cold War was to defeat communism the spread of you know communism throughout Latin America. The reality was we were fighting we were doing drug interdiction we we were we were we weren't stopping we were regulating the flow of cocaine through panama into the united states right basically you were you were creating a monopoly on on, yeah, on the yeah. drug on, on the drug market which which later led to the cartels in mexico mm -hmm. um, when we finally took down uh the the colombian cartels uh the the transportation network in mexico is what survived it was uh uh what's his name the mexican guy he didn't uh, all he did was marijuana what he built was a transportation network right uh, el chapo and yeah. uh as a logistics guy in the army man i i i understand the beauty of his logistics i don't say and i justify it but right. uh, he, he's, he he's supplied to. the means he supplied the that's means it. 
we we built the monopoly and he provided the uh, transportation right uh, and then we as a nation were surprised that there's all these drug cartels now when it's our weapons our training our facilities uh that got him there and now it's you know like it or not a lot of our people that use uh and again that's where it goes to my belief of of decriminal decriminalization at a minimum uh for a lot of these things um if if you take the illegally if you take the illegal out of liquor you don't have you know speakeasies um, right you still have moonshiners sure but they're not a they're not an issue anymore right uh, because it's the, the the demand isn't up because you can get you know your your drug of choice you know that's right. and, and now you can buy moonshine in, in some liquor stores so you know yeah. hey uh, and 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 nobody's rioting nobody's you know again right. i have not seen one jug of moonshine come at we, me with a knife yet I'm exactly ready. Saying, but <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's um w when you forbid something that puts an immediate demand on it that's it that's, when you that's tell someone point. they cannot or will not do something everyone says <laughs> you want to bet and, and 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 that's it and it's like it's like what, what josh you said there earlier was it 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 then at that point it takes away the ability to say let's have a different discussion instead of saying well instead of let's calling it a war on drugs where there's good guys and bad guys let's look at and it's something else another topic that we talked about is you know let's look at the bigger picture of of mental health in society and the different resources and tools that are out there for people to use either under supervision or on their own. No, nobody will argue that there are some folks that without that morning cup of coffee, and you should shoot them in the head. Uh, but after they get that, that cup of coffee, man, they're okay. Right, uh, it, it's knowing your dosage, knowing your limit. That, that's it. And so, uh, you know, does, does that mean I want people to be uh, smoking bath salts and, and eating each other's faces off? No, of course not. We have to have regulation. Right. Uh, and, and there does need to be, you know, some semblance of a line, but to draw it arbitrarily based on emotion and political agenda or profit, right. uh, that's the issue I have with it and the war on drugs. Uh, to me, in my personal opinion, and, and I'm, I am a evil, nasty, greedy uh, capitalist. I do believe in capitalism. Uh, I believe that one of our our famous dead guy forefathers did say that our uh that capitalism without ethics uh is doomed to fail and, and i agree and that's the problem i think that we have certainly in america today it's not right. capitalism it's a lack of ethics right um, with really in my honest opinion any governing system it's um it's it's a vehicle for great good but it's also a vehicle for great bad it's a matter of how you use it you know it's the same thing with guns. A, a governing system or a philosophy is—it's a tool, That's and you it. can use it for good, and you can use it for evil. And and like any tool, uh, I, I don't believe tools should be limited arbitrarily based on who's in power, and whether it be guns, whether it be drugs, whether it be uh, speed limits. Um, I. I that's where I do believe that we are a nation of laws and that laws do matter. Yes, I do understand lines have to be right. drawn. Uh, 
but without the opportunity to have a a rational discourse and, and i'll throw a plug in for you there luke that really inspires me uh just reading some of your posts and, and talking with you before i was inspired that you know there are some young folks out there that you know that haven't given up yet and then yeah. you told me you're only 21 uh <laughs> done you're young uh i appreciate it, it it's it's inspiring uh that 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 the ability the desire to have an open discourse instead of just saying no you're right i'm wrong oh my god you you support police then you must be a racist white guy because your name's jeff smith right and it's it's adhering to this echo chamber it's, that's it's it, you're, you're hearing it and you're not thinking about it you're just parroting what you've heard that's it and it's it's a label that is is arbitrary mm -hmm. uh, so, so to the to the question of you know my ultimate opinion on the war on drugs it's 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 been a wasted effort that absolutely could have been better focused uh and and i'm not i'm not judging i'm not saying it in the judging sense because I, although i was alive when it supposedly came out i was a youngster and didn't have any say in the matter um but uh so so not to put today's values on 50 years ago but again like like any war I think there was good intent, but I think it was a wasted effort. Uh, right. And and, and we're, we're hard at coming off of it. That's what's disappointing now. It's it's interesting to see these these last what five six years that these several states have decriminalized and legalized and and really ultimately have just the the truth is they've just chosen to stop enforcing federal laws. Right. Uh, and it's it's interesting to see those as a social experiment um again not saying i'm for or against i haven't studied those states and the actual effects uh right uh you, you don't have an opinion on it because you're not educated enough that's it that's it i just uh i find it interesting and i am slightly encouraged that uh the states have that have chosen to do that haven't fallen off the map that they seem to be doing just as good or bad as they were prior to doing that and so um, in, a lot of people see because i've heard a lot of bad things about california especially la in particular here you know recently recent history um people people will try to blame legalization for all the issues and it's not that it see <sighs> it's it's um it's because of these restrictions on say small businesses and um the homelessness is increasing that's correct and it's it's being whether it's intentional or not it's being socially engineered to build into a big ass pimple and it's gonna pop exactly um, and it, it's i would argue that it's burst okay we've had we've had a lot of people coming going all over the place people going to new york um I, i've been keeping up with joe rogan and yeah. he talks about this a bunch he says people are coming to um austin tech guys comedians you know uh actors yeah we're having people come to austin people go to new york they're leaving la and california because it's it's a shit show i mean it's yeah. it's bad literally. it's literally um i i've i've again retired in the last year uh 2020 I, I i picked a good year to retire 
<laughs> for real the worst year in history god right uh, man i but i i got in front of it man i i quit working in december that year so january it was uh anyways i did in, in my prior prior to, to retiring my job i i traveled and worked with uh government contracting as a small business advocate and uh spent time in san diego and san francisco uh in dc and spent time just walking the streets um where where i felt you know safe enough to do that and it's it's a shame that in some of the most beautiful cities where you know looking out from my hotel room it's beautiful i can see san diego bay uh i can you know the convention center is right there beautiful little yacht yacht club but the five minute walk from my hotel to that convention center was like walking through a minefield of needles homelessness and open open bathrooms i mean they're literally they're looking at you in the eyes taking a dump and and there's that's where it gets to the mental health problem and uh, you substance know, abuse mental health and substance abuse and fucking the and war distractions, financial distractions that i'm and i try not to be a conspiracy theorist i only jump onto conspiracies that I know are facts um, be, because just because it's a conspiracy doesn't mean it's a theory. Uh, if it's proven to be a fact, then, you know, Watergate was a conspiracy. That was a fact. Um, I, I think it's a fact that if all these distractions and, you know, I've got family from Mexico, my mom, bless her heart is Mexican descent. Um, I'm a, you know, half breed, but <laughs> well, we're all once here. That's the whole idea of the American you know, that's melting the whole pot, idea. right? That, that's correct. But if, but when we're we're devoting all this, you know, money overseas, and absolutely help your neighbors, but when when you see literally when when I, I was in San Francisco and I lived there as a kid, my dad was stationed there in the early '70s, and to go back there now and to walk through, I forget the name of their big park there now. Um, it was, I tried to erase it from my memory. Again, same thing, just, uh, you know, gone are the days of the hippies smoking weed and having love and free sex. It's the days of heroin users shitting in the streets in broad daylight. Right. And that's, that's a line, buddy. That's a line I will draw on the sand every single time. Right. Uh, well, I mean, the, the, the emotion or the feel or what have you, a society mirrors its people okay however the people tend to feel that's the feeling of of the society and because we're not addressing and dealing with mental health issues like we ought to be it's gone into uh, an anxiety riddled uh, depression like yeah. that's why used to it was sort of this happy thing you know with all the hippies and psychedelics and thing it, it was you know odd but fairly lighthearted. you know what i mean yeah. with this now it's like i said it's depression it's you know a tar pit through and through of emotion you know it, it really is and it's uh and, and again I, that's that's where i think that with and, and again having uh looking at the mental health throughout the years and i i had a uncle um who was born in 1934 i believe or 1933 uh who's passed away since um but he was born with what we now call down syndrome uh, right what when he was born they called called it mongoloidism yeah uh, 
because they look like Mongol Chinese. No, that's not racist a little bit. Um, yeah, that's a little Chinese, but I, I, it was a word that worked for, for the time right. it worked. And, and it wasn't meant as disparaging as it was descriptive. Yeah. Now, it, like, like for instance, for instance, and no offense to people, uh, the word midget, you know, that's correct. It was descriptive. Okay. It, it, it got the job done. It wasn't meant to be harmful. You know, a guy in high school, I, I remember drove an MG midget. And I wonder to this day is if his MG is now referred to as a little car. Um, <laughs> you know, at what point do we stop the silliness and focus on things that matter like mental health versus uh and again no no offense to anybody i will ask questions all day long i am the first to admit that i am wrong i rarely agree with myself and what i say it's usually a surprise um so with that preface i i will say that's what we we focus on things like 57 different genders now versus why is it okay to take a dump in san francisco in the middle of the street but if you voted for a certain president, you're fired from a TV show. I mean, what? I don't understand how we're measuring things anymore. I, I'm an old guy, you know, I guess I'm a dinosaur. I'm just trying to learn the rules now. Uh, these, these are considered, at least if trying to put myself in the mindset of someone, you know, you know, higher up doing, you know, running, running the show and getting big money for it. Puppet yeah. Puppet masters. If I were one of these people, the way I would see it is these are casualties or side effects of my success, you know, my, my, you know, attaining right. my wealth. Right. And, and that's, I truly believe that's what it is. And whether it's, and I believe that it's both, it's partly by design and partly just a conspiracy of ineptitude. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Three Stooges, they, they weren't conspiring to do anything except just trying to put food in their mouths. Uh, right. But my God, they they were a conspiracy of catastrophe. Uh, and, and they were my heroes. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but I, I think that's where we are now is, you know, we're, we're what they call what navel gazing. Uh, I'm studying the lint in my belly button because there's nothing better to do. So, uh, right. And that, and that kind of goes to the idea that people are designed for conflict. People are designed for, you know, they, they need to be some, you know, they, they need to be doing something. You know, we're, we're yeah. designed for, um, if you want to, call it, you know, constant conflict. So when we don't have something to channel our attention to, we make up problems. We have to have something to f worry about and focus on. And I think a lot of the times that's what's happening in these first world countries that pretty much don't have that, you know, that many problems. We have to find something to think about. Would you agree in that case with the most recent thing on that sort of topic, would you agree that the whole thing with the Mr. Potato Head being degendered would go into that whole thing of like, ooh, we need a problem, let's make a problem? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I, I know quite a few people that that are like the living um, embodiment 
of this whole mindset, you know, because everything could be going perfectly, could be running smooth, clean as a whistle, you know, but they're not happy because they're, it, it has to, you know, there has to be conflict, otherwise it doesn't make that's sense. Another one of the things we talked about over lunch was uh, of, of the use of just of general words and how with technology today, everybody's an expert, but put but nobody knows shit. Um, we, d we can't even agree on what a word means anymore. Oh my God, Donald Trump is just like a Nazi. Well, right. do you really understand the difference between a national socialist versus a conservative Republican? And I'm not even saying Donald Trump was a conservative Republican. Right, the, the bar's been moved so low, okay? It, Nazi now is essentially means you know, someone that I disagree with. That's okay. it. That's it. It was it's, the soup Nazi from Seinfeld. Oh, that's funny. It's a joke. Well, that, you know, that's and 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 getting back to what what you you were talking about with the Mr. Potato Head deal is creating a problem. That's what fascists do. A lot of people were were claiming that Trump was a fascist. A right. lot of people are saying now that Biden is a fascist. Right. Um, by uh, again depend depends on definition i was a political science major in college i know that in 50 cents will get me a cheap cup of coffee maybe but right. but a fascist uh generally by the old world definition meant a one-party rule uh and the way to maintain that one-party rule is exactly that by definition you don't find a problem and solve it you create a problem and manage it and the whole mr potato who even complained about potato head somebody right. generated that and again that's where i go to i do believe there is there are evil people uh because i i do believe absolutely especially here in, in this in the states and in the civilized worlds but i think really in the states it's it's become rampant uh is and we talked another thing where well, we bounced all over at lunch these algorithms uh mm -hmm. folks don't understand oftentimes how in-depth these computer algorithms can be and the number crunching that the nsa and facebook and google the number crunching that they are able to do and the algorithms that they develop in order to determine targeted marketing why does my facebook look different than your facebook because they read what they, they they're analyzing that and building they're creating algorithms as we speak you know as you're right. typing they're creating a new algorithm to match what you're typing right because because um, it, it's running off your information you know and this, this is the information that nobody realized that was um no, nobody realized that it was valuable, but when and they so found it, out that it could be for the algorithms for marketing, et cetera, that's when they started selling it and making big, big money. So as a politician, I'm going to open up uh, the state of Smith and the capital is going to be Shamtown and um, I'm going to encourage homelessness in an attempt to get federal dollars to help homeless people but i can't get those federal dollars unless i have homelessness yeah i know this is an oversimplified uh approach but i've I, again in the contracting world i've worked in the government contracting world for years 
and I have physically seen, physically seen him eye to eye, somebody who applied for a grant to open up a local chamber of commerce, not the big chamber of commerce, but a specific, uh, and I, and I won't, don't mean to call anybody out, but a specific minority type chamber of commerce. Uh, right. And then what I'm going to do, and it, and it a minority uh, of the a single, include, a single race excluding all other races is what you're to saying. To include a white chamber of commerce in Harlem. That's a minority chamber of commerce. And that exists. The white chamber of commerce in Harlem. And there right. are black chamber of commerces that exist other places. Well, I've seen several of these organizations that... I know how to write a grant pretty good. So I write this grant, apply to the federal government. I get me a $350,000 grant and it says I've got to spend $100,000 on hardware and I can spend, you know, facilities, et cetera. And the other $250,000 I can spend on salaries uh, and on contract work to bring in businesses to service that particular minority. And in order to do that, I'm going to hire this contractor who happens to be my brother-in-law. Um, and I'm going to pay him out of that $250,000. I'm going to pay me $150,000. And I'm going to pay him $100,000. So now we got this building that the government's paying for at $100,000 a year with internet, air conditioning, a nice office. I've got $150,000 salary. My brother-in-law's making $100,000. And what have I done for anybody? Exactly. You, you shouldn't be rewarded for sitting on your ass. You know, and, you should be being paid for the job you're doing. You know, not not a, not a living salary long after the job's over. You know, and 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 yeah. So so that's you know that's where you get into uh, uh, the the capitalism without ethics. When you have no ethics anymore, when you encourage a lack of ethics, and I'm I'm not a Bible thumper by any means. I. I I fully believe in any system that's designed for the betterment of society, but I'm not a socialist. I'm absolutely a, 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 a I would define myself, if I'm going to label myself politically, would be as a American constitutionalist. Um, that's fair. I believe, I believe in the literal translation of the Constitution. Uh, right. And I would be willing to have that discussion yes i would need to whip it out in front of me so i could look at it um right. but but i have read it as an adult several times and i believe in it i believe it's a unique experiment i believe it's something that was not been tried in the last seven thousand years of recorded history and right. if we stick to its found its its basic yeah. um it makes sense yeah and you know, and then where it doesn't hold up anymore, refer to the amendments. That's why they're there. That's you know? it. That's the beauty of the Constitution is you don't have to change it; you can amend it. And exactly. while some of the amendments I believe were redundant, I believe they were necessary at the time. Although I don't agree with them now. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I believe the first part of the Constitution, you know, uh, the, and the Declaration of Independence, you know, that all men are created equal. I understand today, in my mind, that all men are created equal means every human person is equal. Yeah. Not that they deserve equal output, and not that just white right, slavery. Right. E equality of uh, opportunity, not equality of outcome. 
That's correct. And regardless of gender, whether you're man, woman, or any of the other genders you want to pick. Exactly. Uh, apparently, big red fire truck is not a gender you can pick. Um, I don't know. They're adding to it every day. <laughs> you know, I, I may look into that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, sorry, we got off on a tangent there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. So where'd we leave off there? Well, I, I guess rounding back up to somewhere in the war on drugs and its effect and then getting into mental health. Uh, you know, I, I, and I think I, I'm, in, I'm encouraged and, and I'll do another plug here uh, out of nowhere. I'm encouraged to see some of the breakthroughs that are coming through uh, in the philosophies of mental health. And the plug is that a good friend of mine, uh, Gerald Paulson, he's a former special forces and Chicago PD guy. Um, he runs a program called Horses, uh, Heroes to Horses, uh, where he works with veterans with PTSD uh, and equine therapy. He, he's got a five-day program where basically you go in with a group of folks and uh, kind of like a ba old basic training but without the drill sergeant yelling at you. Uh, yeah. You eat, sleep with everybody, and you're around the horses for five days, whether you've been with horses at all forever or not. Uh, but right. it's... And, and towards that end, it, it's and what I'd mentioned about my uncle earlier, what I'm what I was getting towards on mental health is he was a mongoloid back then. They they my mother tells the story that her parents were told it's best to just put him in an institution. He's not going to live beyond the age five. Uh, the, these these kids just don't live. They don't thrive. Right. Well, he ended up living to be 62 years old. Uh, spoke three languages spanish was his first he spoke a little bit of french spoke english um he could dance like nobody's business um was always my favorite uncle to go see because he was just i mean he was just so loving and open and caring right uh, and you know, as as times go on we we learn about all of these things yeah and just like with that now how we understand it like uh like say with a uh, down syndrome or uh tourette's used to they called it uh, right. ongoidism but now they call it down syndrome um, as we understand these more and more, and as we start to learn more about, like, say, uh, autism, um, you know, our perception of it changes because we get it now. And that's a big part of why, um, really, you know, racism and like, you know, shunning of others. And, you know, that, that's why the weird kid goes, sits in the back of the, uh, back of the class because it's different. We don't get it. So that, you know, therefore it's bad you know yeah and, and that's what that's one of those human nature things that yeah it's it's tribalism you, yeah you, yeah you you tend toward familiarity because that's your comfort zone you know what i mean that's it and that's that's and, and that's that's where you know again whether whether you believe god is the old guy with the beard or you know whatever uh that that's one of those things that whatever created us gave us that free will to decide uh, right. those of us who are, who are capable of, uh, and, and to try to learn. And, you know, th there's, there's a line from a movie, uh, one King is talking to another King, uh, as they're both being pretty decadent and, uh, the, you know, they're both married, but they're both with their mistresses in the hot tub. And yeah. one King says, uh, so, uh, 
do you think you're a good man? And he looks at the other king and says, no, not really. He goes, well, you think you're a good king? And he says, yes, I think I'm a fine king. And and he was. He was a king who cared about right. his people, who did all the right things he did for good, good for his people. Right. Kind of the King David story uh, for, for those who are, you know, biblically uh, inclined. Uh, David was not a perfect guy. Yeah, he slew Goliath, but then he went on to send his favorite general to die in combat so he could be with his woman. Right. Uh, and, you know, and that's, I think the Bible is pretty blunt and honest about, you know, human nature with a lot of that stuff, because like, it's, it's not black and white, you know, we don't have perfect paragon or perfect villain, you know, everyone's gray. People do good things, but I mean, bad people can do good things and good people can do bad things. You know, it's a matter of using your information wisely. It's a matter of doing good with the information you know like i said i mean it's it, everything it, exists in a shade of gray and that's and that's the challenge uh and it goes back to i i think what you're trying to do with with these podcasts which again i think is extraordinary is is talking is conversation um right. and and there's so many people and i don't care which side of the fence you sit on uh again american our egocentric views when when i say well, I'm, I'm a right-wing guy or I'm a left-wing guy, we automatically assume the whole world knows what a right-wing guy in America is. Um, right. You know, may, maybe another, you know, we're 5% of the planet, maybe another 5 to 10% have an right. inkling of what that is. The, the rest of the 80% of the planet, they don't have a freaking clue. Right, because uh, we, we have this caricature, this idea in our head. When you say Republican, we have a an image, a mental image that comes to mind. That's it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it, it's been my experience that traveling throughout the United States over the last few years, uh, I've, I've been able to do, thankfully, uh, in a free country, I hop on my motorcycle and without a passport, I go coast to coast. Um, and nobody and i met all sorts of folks at different cafes and diners and old folks and young folks and red-haired and pink-haired folks and guy couples and girl couples and you name it right and not once over these last several years has anybody asked me what party i was or who i slept with and we all all of us got along great some of us are you know second right. amendment open carry guys uh some of them weren't but but we all got along and then right. it's funny because we would all laugh that okay now quick let's turn on the news and we're going to see how we're fighting and we can't stand each other right and it's it's this false narrative that's being fed to us by the media that goes back to my conspiracy comment that i do believe there are those that are in power who totally understand how these marketing algorithms work and they know what to feed into the media the social media streams they know what to feed when to feed and i think it was proven early on with this these uh flash crowds these flash mobs that yeah. was the early that was that was the ufos of early early technology on algorithms how quickly can we assimilate data and affect change and now if if you i mean you can read about it on the stock market that's one of the big scares on the stock market now is that human trading 
is going to become extinct here real quick because these algorithms trade by the millisecond. There's right. no way a human can keep up with that. Right. Uh, and when marketing is targeted towards, you know, no offense, but that 14 or 15 year old airhead in America and they're being force fed a stream of baloney from the media and it's, social media. It's mind I control. It's that, mind control. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And I don't believe that's on accident. I believe that there are those nefarious people in positions of power who absolutely know what it does and who absolutely use that to their benefit. Right. And, and I I can't I have yet to been I've some some of my buddies call me a conspiracy theorist. Some of my buddies say I don't go far enough. <laughs> uh but but absolutely and I, and I do believe that's part of the error of the war on drugs when you when you vilify one side and now you have the ability to target that side mercilessly again back in the 70s and 80s man it took you at least a couple of years to vilify somebody because it took it took a while for time magazine to publish and then you know these other magazines and then the newspapers and now uh man you can change the definition of a word overnight um exactly and you're talking it, about that uh the wikipedia thing with the, yes absolutely yeah. where where uh the term uh sexual preference was literally changed overnight um based on supreme court trial questioning right and it's it was it was done designed to make the person and I, i'm keeping all politics out of it, i'm keeping all party sides out of it it's just facts it was right. done in an attempt to make the person being that was being grilled look like she was homophobic um and all she was saying is i have I don't care what somebody's sexual preference is. It doesn't matter to me when I make a legal decision. It doesn't matter to me what whether they're LGBTQ, LMNOP. Her comment was, their sexual preference has no bearing on my decision. And she was targeted as being homophobic for saying that. And I, my understanding of the term sexual preference meant I choose my who i have sex with whether whether it's another man another woman a farm animal a blow-up doll a, whether i choose to abstain whether i choose to be celibate those are all preferences on sex that's sexual right. preference how right. is that homophobic I, I and again i'm open i'm asking a question uh, josh what's your opinion on that well i do believe that there is a whole controlling aspect of what people want you to believe and uh, think when it comes to things like that in terms of uh, you know um, we want you to now think that this is the meaning for this um, the media is always going to um, try and push for the more juicy story in terms of like the best example I can think of is here in the UK Every time we ask our Echo device to tell us the latest news, the first thing we hear is the statistics for how many people have been infected with the virus, how many people have died from the virus, and how many people more are suspected to die of the virus. We never hear how many people have survived it or how many people are recovering from it. We always hear the things that are meant to scare us or meant to make us think one way over another. Right. 
Right. It, it, it's it's sensationalism and it's it's fear tactics because uh, and uh, Jeff, we, we were talking about how PTSD stays with you because, you know, we're, we're trained to learn better from fear and making mistakes. You know, right. it, it ingrains something in us. And that's why they go off the uh, the fear tactics, because it it uh, it it evokes um, a higher emotional response, a stronger. Absolutely. Absolutely. It. it it creates more embedded pathways into the brain uh, and then the brain gets used to that conditioning. It's, you know, Pavlov's dogs uh, on steroids. Uh, Right. And with technology, the ability for it to be so targeted now that the narrative, you know, and then with deep fake, uh, which is something I just learned about here over the last couple of months, I'd heard it used over the last year or two but i didn't really understand it it's amazing it can and like, like we were really? talking about how things can be tools it, it's a tool for great good but i could see how it could be used for great evil as well i would love to see a john wayne movie made today with a deep fake that yes. would be awesome or, yes or a, that would be amazing yeah but but no they're gonna you know <laughs> they're gonna who knows what man it uh yeah it is it's it's so so that's my concern with technology and even us even as poor simpletons down here uh you know even the smart guys like you know elon musk and and uh, even uh the late great stephen hawkins uh you know voiced concern over technology not just you know ai and the evil robots are going to overtake us i'm not i'm not worried about the robots right i'm worried about the the evil humans who right. use technology for their own nefarious purposes. And I believe that's alive and well in American Congress. Right. right. Um, a, lot, a lot of these um, big tech guys are wearing rose-colored glasses as far as, you know. Absolutely. Seeing, they, seeing the capabilities of the technology. They're always seeing the good, you know, and they're not, they're not, they're, they're kind of short-sighted when, you know, thinking about the the evil it, things that you could do with it. That's it. They're, they're the new, the new wizards um, exactly. to the, to the court no no offense to to my brothers there in the uk um i I often equate our government today as uh it's really our 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 congress it's no it's not a two-party system it's a it's a royal monarchy it's it's a it's a royal elite group and behind behind the curtains you know, Republicans, Democrats, whatever. Once you get in with that group of 535 people, uh, Masons ain't got nothing on them. Uh, Masons think they got a secret order. Hell, 535 people in America all wear the same super decoder ring. Uh, and they, every last one of them are making money hand over fist, well beyond their salary capabilities. And right nobody bats an eye we're all you know the king's new clothes no man that we are we are all butt-ass naked right we got congress and social media saying no we're wearing the finest of clothes trust us right see Uh, see a lot of people a lot of people would start shouting you know the conspiracy theories now behind say the uh the illuminati i I don't like the word illuminati because it's been you know it's been given such an overused overused i do think that there is a shadow maybe not a maybe not a government but a shadow government or shadow society that yes. are pulling much bigger strings than we can see 
Well, and, and absolutely. And, and, I, and I think it's inevitable. I think it's, again, it's, it's not just human nature. It's, it's universal. Um, wh whether you believe in God or, or the big bang, when you look at the formation of our solar system, it was a, a whole lot of little dust that just kept collecting and collecting and becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, and it's it's always vying for control and power over those that are less like gravity and again like you i hate to use the word illuminati but when you've got say 20 people who collectively own more property and wealth than the rest of the planet right you don't think they talk every once in a while and you know when when i'm when i'm watching my grandkids uh i absolutely <clears throat> yeah i'm a i'm a bad grandpa sometimes i got seven grandkids and sometimes <laughs> i'll playfully pit pit some of them against the others just to see right. how it plays out right um, it's, it's a music it is and it's and nobody gets hurt really right um, it's harmless amusement and so now times that by now instead of seven grandchildren i've got seven and a half billion people and there's 20 of us and there's the what is it the the grove are you are you talking about bohemian grove yes the bohemian grove and it's right. exactly what you said it is it it is again whether it's a group you're talking, you're talking about that uh, that uh, that owl cult right with uh, is it Malak? i can't remember what it is yeah and it's it's real it's real secretive and some of those are yeah. saying that that's even that is just a cover story for the truth of it which is that yeah the 20 the 20 richest people on the planet like to get together and just live decadently right as only the 20 richest people on the planet can and right. how do you keep everybody else away from it you come up with all sorts of backstories and but but the truth of it is right don't, don't talk Biden, about fight club huh that, that's it that's exactly it you don't talk about fight club man and and they don't and and I think that was one of the disruptors that scared the establishment. Again, whether you like them or you hate them, I know a lot of folks disagree with me. I think that's one of the things that scared the establishment about Donald Trump. I heard one of my very left-wing liberal friends tell me uh, with, with hate seething from his teeth how uh, Donald Trump is so petty and he he only wanted to be president because the Bilderbergers, uh, you know, the evil conspiracy Illuminati bank overlords in Europe, uh, yeah, yeah. part of the Illuminati, uh, they wouldn't accept Donald Trump into the Bohemian Grove and into their inner circle because he was such a rapscallion. He, uh, he wasn't part of the cool kids club. <laughs> that's it. And when he told me that, and he was saying that, you know, so yeah, Donald Trump is such a bad guy. And of course, me being the rebel, I'm like, well, shit, I didn't know anything about Trump, but that says he's pretty cool in my book. Uh, you know, he thumbed his nose at all. Whether there's any truth of that or not, I don't know. Right. But, but, but he went in there and he caused trouble. He pissed people off that we were mad it. at. And, that, that's correct. And, yeah. and that a lot of people in a lot of dark places lost a lot of money for four years because right. they weren't part and parcel of the global agenda right and it, it wasn't necessarily right it wasn't necessarily right but it was, it was cathartic 
That's great. It was, it's like, you know, the, the guy up the creek has been building a dam and you ain't getting no water. So this guy comes in and, you know, hits it with a nuke. Um, right. Yeah, maybe you could have just, you know, busted up the dam. Maybe not a nuke, but, right. you know, <laughs> they kind of got what they deserved. And now I'm getting water. It's a little bit radiated, but hey. <laughs> right. You, 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 you relish in the victory, you know. That, that's it. it. And it's. Uh, Karma's so, a bitch. Karma's a bitch. That's it. And so that and so that's where I think that where we, and again, it's inevitable. Um, I don't think not to be pessimistic there's there's no way to stop a a march towards a a global government whether it's ever successful or not um until there's not enough people to to do that anymore um but but i think the real issue again goes back to what we we're talking about earlier with with the issue of mental health and how i think in america the the way that the war on drugs evolved and the way that mental health is being abused by social media and those in power are making it a very precarious position for the United States and as a result for the rest of the world. Um, and when you've got powers like China who have absolutely no ethics at the, at the top level, the government, um, they could lose a hundred million people and not bat an eye. They've got, you know, pushing 1.5 billion Right. They've got concentration camps out the ass and nobody's saying anything about it. Right. Um, you know, it, it, the more people there are, it detracts from the value of a, of an individual. Absolutely. Right? And, and that's why I, I think we have such an overpopulation issue. And I, I genuinely think that we need to colonize Mars because we need to offload some of our population somewhere. It's because it's lessening the value of an individual because you know there's more who cares that's right and it, and it's that's a dangerous thing especially when you have no ethics mm -hmm. um at least with ethics ethics allows us to and thank god i've never been on one but ethics allows us to cram into a subway in new york city shoulder to shoulder and not eat each other do that you know fill that same subway car with rats top to bottom, shoulder to shoulder, and they will eat each other until every last one of them is dead. Right. Uh, so, and, and, I, and again, I think that's one of the pushes for those in power uh, is to manipulate, like like uh, Josh, you were saying earlier, is, is how to manipulate people to get them to think and react and, and, and the way you want them to one of my favorite outcomes of 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 my books was in 19 was the book 1984 george orwell we talked about it, that a little bit one of the things i loved most about it is how when you went to the uh ministry of re-education whatever they called it basically where they where you finally said look i'm not thinking right i need to go get re-educated if you right. admitted that you weren't thinking right they were going to kill you because right. they can't have a, a, a bad cop, but they're not going to kill you while you're thinking wrong. Right. They would mercilessly torture you. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't torture. It was re-education. Right. They would mercilessly re-educate you and 
and, and it's and it's been a hundred years since I read the book, but if I remember right, that's the very last part of the book is that he finally understands the rationality of their socialist state, and right. then they kill him. And you know, and, and that was the message is that you know, like you said so early on in this conversation, you can't kill thought. The only the only thing that can kill thought is the person himself with that thought, right. and that that's that's what I believe is the downside of the war on drugs and the way we and the impact it's had on mental health, uh, is that there are now nefarious people who are using the data and the information that came out of those out of the war on drugs, how drugs affect people. Um, how you can create empires with drugs and money, um, how you can run guns and do all sorts of things, how you can control and limit certain drugs. But then overnight, you know, now in America, freaking everybody is depressed. I, I challenge somebody, uh, and I'm not saying this is good or bad. It's just where we are, better living through chemistry, baby. But I challenge you to find somebody on the street today that doesn't say under 40 years old that they're depressed and on medication for it. Right. Everybody I know personally, I think, uh, no, that's not true. Not everybody. Many, has an issue or has one issue or another because it's correct. not being addressed and dealt with properly. It's being and my take medicated. is those those issues have always been there. It's just now social media that's telling them. Again, like you were saying, the stigma. Oh, look, you have a problem. You have a problem. Here's a solution. Here's a solution. Right. Um, and it, uh, without ethics, um, it's putting a bandaid on a bullet wound. Is what it is. That's it. Uh, so, that's not, that's not like the VA, don't it? It man, uh, they are. They are my favorite people to love and hate. Uh, good people at the at the worker bee level, bureaucracy. Any bureaucracy is horrible. The VA bureaucracy, I personally, with without having done a major thesis on it, just being the recipient of it for the last decade, um, is one of is one of government's finest examples of bureaucracy at its at its worst. Right. Um, here's a, again just a quick anecdote. Um, I'm standing in the local VA. God bless their hearts. They are trying so hard to adhere to. These are the worker bees at the level. They're the you and me who got the job working at the local VA because right. either they're a clerk typist or they're a nurse practitioner or a PA or whatever. But they're local folks here. Right. These, uh, the, these, the these people, they want to do the best they can for their local people. They really want to help. Absolutely. But they're Even having the to adhere to guidelines. Even the administrator that is there. So. I told you a story at lunch about me trying to get in. Um, I, I, I'll tell a real, a real quick recap. His bottom line was five calls in four days and no record of my calls. So what that meant as far as the VA statistic went is I haven't called into the VA versus I've called four times and the VA has not responded to my call, which would ruin somebody's bonus uh, for non-responsiveness. Right. So. I finally show up there um, without an appointment. They don't let me in the front door because I didn't have an appointment. So I finally appeal to them that I am uh, deathly ill, um, pouring out of places in my body that I shouldn't be pouring out of. Right. And uh, 
after about an hour of beseeching them, they finally agreed to let me go in and talk to somebody. And I went through, I get it, I get it. They're just doing what they're required to do or they will get fired. I get that, God bless them. They put up with me, I didn't lose my mind. I just kept imploring with them and I filled out all the forms and I you know, did the little dance they wanted me to do before I went in. Right. Um, and so I finally, um, I finally make it in. And so the first thing I got to go do is stand in a line to check in. Well, I thought that the hour outside I did where I signed three different forms, they took my temperature, gave me a new mask, made me throw away my old mask. And after making me sign my name three times, punched me into a computer, that wasn't checking in. <laughs> so, okay, Jesus. cool. Next gate, I go to the next gate, I sign, I, I'm waiting in line with my mask on because in front of this in front of the place they've got the handwritten sign no entry without a mask every person must have a mask on cool i walk in i'm standing in line on the sign waiting to talk to the clerk is the long list of the cdc requirements concerning covid 19. and i'm reading through all of the you know fine print with my glasses and my reading specs on and i get down to number nine and number nine on the CDC guideline posted that day, and this was as of, I want to say it was October or November of last year, 2020. Number nine said, no person should wear a mask unless you are exhibiting signs of COVID-19. Okay. Do, do, I need, do I need to say that again? Yeah, it run said, that by me because I'm not quite like... Uh, that threw me for a loop there. It seems count, it said, counterintuitive. It, it, absolutely. It said, unless, I'll rephrase it, unless you are exhibiting signs of COVID-19, do not wear a mask. That's what the CDC said. You can Google it. You can Google it. That was a, it said, which, which, and again, think about it because the mask doesn't prevent you from getting it. It just prevents you from spreading, spreading it. Right. So unless you have it, you're not going to spread it. So why are you wearing a mask unless you have it? But of course, it goes on to say, then, of course, you don't know if you've got it because you may be asymptomatic. So wear a mask. Right. Which, or, so, you know, because it's got a two week incubation period. So, so at the at the opening, at the at the entrance of the facility, it says wear a mask at the top of the list of CDC guidelines. It says wear a mask at right. the bottom of the cdc guidelines it says wear a mask in the cdc guidelines it says don't wear a mask okay that's bureaucracy why why wouldn't they just take that and condense it down to the truth you know instead of like having contradicting points because i know i know that a lot of our law our legislation is set up you know instead of deleting an old law they just you know write a new law that says no not this actually this they do that a lot. And again, having worked in government and I, and I actually sat through uh, a lot of the when they when they released the uh, uh, the next fiscal year budget and the, the went through a lot of a lot of conferences where they would talk about that in D.C. and where the money goes and that kind of thing. Um, and there there you mentioned bat band-aids on bullet wounds before you would lose sleep over the amount of band-aids on bullet holes that are out there um and and again people at the lowest level are doing their best 
to jump through these hoops that these elite are are just pulling out of their ass and say, well, they'll throw that in, throw that. So it's a 10,000 page bill. Who cares? Well, who cares is that bottom line employee who's saying, okay, the CDC guideline says don't wear a mask and, and federal law says I have to post the CDC guidelines. But the federal law also says that I have to post that you must wear a mask. And so what do I do? I post both of them. Because it seems, it seems like a lot of our legislation, a lot of the American you know, laws and what have you, are jury rigged. Absolutely. It, they're, they're written by the contractor oftentimes. Um, right. Held together with duct tape and faith. And sometimes some bubblegum, man, and that's about it. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's the beauty of our constitutional republic is what you just said. Absolutely. Our society, more so, in my opinion, than any other government on earth, the United States, is based on a gentleman's agreement. I mean, any civilization is, but really, any society is, but really the United States is, a, It's there's no governing authority and, and correct me in the UK if I'm I, I know I'm dated on my education but with with the Magna Carta that took the ultimate power away from an ordained king and distributed it amongst the population um, yeah, I want to say that was like the first step towards giving power to the people a- absolutely and so and, and and what has happened is it's got you know the intent was to get away from identity politics and more more towards a a a, a society of reason and logic. Monty Python, my favorite favorite comedian troupe of all times. Right. Um, stop stop having these shouting matches and start talking about the problems. That's it. You know some what is it? Some watery nymph uh, thrusting swords aquatically is no system to you know form a government um and that's what's happening now in america where hillary clinton fully expected to be ordained um joe biden was ordained joe biden is the first u.s president i would say since george washington who did not campaign um Georgie didn't campaign. His annex campaigned for him. The rest of them... No, your your actions campaign for you, okay? It speaks yeah, for you. And and after after George Washington, there definitely was a two-party system evolving, and, and they definitely campaigned against each other, uh, you know, the different parties. Um, as much as their society and technology allowed them to, that hasn't changed today. The difference is, like you mentioned, is the population and the speed of technology that's what's changed and so that's where i say since george washington every every candidate from each party really had to campaign or at least tried to campaign um biden didn't biden and and specifically his running mate the vice president whom i absolutely have nothing but the utmost respect for our office of the president and office of the vice presidency regardless of who's in there i won't say she's not qualified i will say that she lost at the very bottom of the democratic national conference Mm -hmm. and so the non-campaigner and the campaign loser 
were ordained. I, again, I'm open for discussion and argument, but that is counterintuitive to a, to a viable electoral process. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure everyone wanted uh, oh, Bernie Sanders over Biden, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. Everyone, everyone, wanted, wanted, everyone wanted Bernie Sanders. Yes. But if your party, because it's bipartisan, you know, if your party can just appoint your champion instead of going for the one that everyone wants, then that's not democracy. That's correct. That's, that's, that's a form of fascism within the party. To, to say that a president in America is fascist, whether it's Obama or Biden or Trump, I, I will argue against that every time because America still no. has – it's an the illusion in, of the two-party system, right, but it's the right. two-party the, system. The, the individual president, the one that actually makes it into office and lives in that White House for at least four years, that, they, they are not the fascist. The fascists, the fascists are the Republicans and the Democrats. This bipartisanship. Bingo. Bingo. That is my that you you have put together in a short group of words put what I've thought for many, many years. That's exactly it. They they are the fascists, the 535 who sit in there and rotate their seats very rarely. Um, and and those who replace them almost every single time are appointees not electees mm -hmm. and so at what point have we stopped becoming a constitutional representative republic right. and became a monarchy a or, a, monarchy. or a dictatorship uh, or a dictatorship and and again right, to be honest, you're, you're taking the autonomy away from the people you're making it so their choice doesn't matter you can just do whatever you want it's an illusion of choice and that's where it goes to the the mind control if you will that if i can convince you that i'm right i don't have to be right i just got to convince you that i'm right exactly i, I don't got to con i don't donald trump doesn't have to be a bad guy Right. I just got to convince you that he's a bad guy. Exactly. I mean, you don't have to be correct. You just have to misinform hard enough. Let's let's make fun of the orange hair guy. Well, wait a minute. Right. Can we make fun of the nappy hair guy? Oh, that's racist. Well, is it? Is it? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't understand. Again, it goes back to me being a dumb caveman by definitions. I'm just asking questions. Why right. is orange hair man not racist, but nappy haired man is racist? I don't exactly. understand. Exactly. And what, what we're doing here, and this is a big part of what I'm wanting to do with this whole podcast is I'm wanting to raise the questions. I probably will never answer most of these, but I'm raising them so that other people can hear them. I'm discussing possibilities, but I'm not able to narrow it down. I can't find the solution, but there's billions of people. Somebody okay. must. And, and hopefully, and, and this is, I think this is something that just gee, popped into my head because thought is original, right? Um, right. <laughs> I, I think thoughts are all manufactured and we're just presented them. Um, but anyways, uh, as long as, and this, again, this is another thing that's so overly used. Um, and I hesitate to use it because then people get all gushy and get weirded out, but it, it's coming from a place of love. 
my my questions i mean don't get me wrong i was i'm i'm a combat veteran uh right. i understand war i understand violence but i've i've come to a place and and i think that we all have an opportunity to come to a place even in your worst or darkest of times is if you're coming from a place of of true love and understanding i'm not trying to put you down for right. you know I, one of the things I don't like about you, Luke, I'll be honest right up front, is that you still have hair and I don't. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's a point of contention. Hey, mine, mine's, mine's running away from me quick, so don't don't hate on me too much. Well, I, I, I wasn't because I saw you were, you, were, you were on the retreat, man. So Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find some way to make that stop. I love my long hair. <laughs> you know, I, man, brother, when I joined the Army, my hair was halfway down my back. Uh, and... <laughs> never again but it hurt, but it anyway, hurt apart uh, with it didn't it that it you know ha having said all of that though but that you know honestly my questions now yeah there are absolutely things that that do disgust me and upset me yeah. uh but those words are, are are so overused anymore um you know oh i had a i had a taste of his lasagna and i didn't like the way he made it it was disgusting really right. really wasn't disgusting or or did you just not was it a little too you know people just use that word everywhere um, right right because you're taking vulgarity or profanity and you know it's like that south park episode where they say shit a whole bunch you yeah. say a word enough and it loses its um its power you know? it. because it's not shunned it's not hushed you know it's not like say Voldemort from harry potter but he who will not be named you know if you yeah. say the word you take away its power you know, did you take away the fear of it? And that's that's where again the the whole mind control the it, right. it, it, we we go back all the way to George Carlin. You know, I remember his seven words that you can't say on on uh, on radio. Uh, yep. <laughs> you know, it's uh, why why you can say. And I had know. often I had often thought about that, and I didn't realize that he had brought that up until very recently. Talking yeah. like in the past year you know and that and he came out late with that in the 70s because lenny bruce pushed the limit in the 60s uh but 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 again it, it's you know what's what's the social norm and you know what 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 is it that we as people can do to counter the what you know whether it's a an evil group of guys rubbing their hands together at you know the North Pole, the Illuminati, whether it's the 535 inept uh, right. Congress people that we got, um, those are things that that I personally can't affect. But talking to you, listening to you, uh, those are things that we can, on a one-on-one -on -one basis, affect right. all the time. I've got neighbors that couldn't be more different from each other. Uh, right. And I make it a point to talk to them all. I, I really do. And I, I, I believe in the old famous dead guy philosopher that said, the more I learn, uh, the more I realize I don't know. Right. And the more the, you know, the less you know. That's it. And my goal is by the time I die, I don't want to know nothing at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. And yeah, I mean, that's the whole point with these talks. Is I want to be able to talk about things, even things considered taboo or, you know, things that I shouldn't be yeah. talking i want to talk about it and i mean you know like you said out of love you know it, it's not okay. because i hate you it's not because i'm trying to upset you i, I want to talk about these things because it, it, they're ideas they're concepts yep. and i want to talk about them to the fullest extent they can be 
raise all the questions and the correct questions, whichever ones need to be raised, and let people smarter than me figure it out. There you go. You know, I just, like I said, I'm not meaning to upset anyone. And if I say something or if I misspeak, it's like I said, it's not because I want to hurt someone's feelings. That's I love, I love people. You know? I think a good way of yeah. putting it is um, we are trying to learn with these talks. We want to learn about these subjects rather than um, follow someone else's ideology about, I, I don't know, say, saying the N-word or something like that. You know, Some people yeah. don't like it. Some people believe it's absolutely racist. Personally, I've been brought up to believe that I shouldn't be, as a white person, using that word. But right. that's just where i've been brought up other people may argue that you know say it all over the place as long as you're not actually meaning it or whatever but what i think we are trying to do from my understanding is we are trying to learn why people think that way or um you know even if we do have to start touching on subjects and start having to say things that could be seen as a bit grey or totally out of the window we aren't trying to upset people we're just trying to learn so we can teach or learn so we can help other people understand these subjects I'm not being coy you know I'm not being coy or sarcastic you know I'm being genuinely stupid please educate yeah (laughs) and now I will say oftentimes I am being genuinely sarcastic but I'm being genuine, and, and for me, that's that's turned into one of my self-defense mechanisms. We talked earlier about you know introverts and extroverts, right? Um, and and I've always been, uh, always had a you know kind of a self-image problem and and hesitancy to talk in public. Uh, right. Many people, anybody who knows me who may be listening to this is probably falling out laughing, saying bullshit. Uh, <laughs> But 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 you're it, comfortable that, in your circles, though. You're comfortable in your small circles. That, that is, and it is, yeah, and it is still, it's still mentally exhausting. But it's it's a pleasurable exhausting versus a stressful exhausting. Um, right, charismatic it, introvert. Yeah, there you go, and it's and it very much is. Again, my questions. I I, I deal I deal out humor and sarcasm to kind of make me feel more comfortable. Um, but but I don't mean it out of meanness. Oftentimes my sarcasm is self-deprecating, uh, which it's I've been It's a coping mechanism. It's it, a coping it mechanism. That's what laughter is. Comedy in general. That that's it. And it's and and again, like you say, if if you know, if I if I offend somebody by when I said I want to identify as a big red fire truck, and that means I'm not taking the whole gender issue seriously, that's not true. Um, right. I, I you're making light of a serious situation. You know, you're trying to relieve the tension. And for a four-year-old little boy that I once was, I truly wanted to be a big red fire truck when I grew up. My dad asked me, <laughs> and he told me I couldn't be one, and it pretty much broke my heart. It was like, well, I, uh, <laughs> but you said I could be anything. Well, you can't be that. Uh, so you know, I again, it's it's humor, but it's it's meant to. To lighten the subject, but still help help educate me because I do I do think there's something there. I just don't know what it is. Um, right. I, I ain't against it. I ain't for it. Uh, it's not coming at me with a knife, so I'm not afraid of it. 
again, my you know Monty Python, my one of my favorite self-defense sketches is how to defend yourself against somebody coming at you with a banana. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you never know. Um, yeah, but um, again, and and this this stemmed from mental health and and the war on drugs, and and I'll throw in this little bit of ex extra tidbit we were talking about at lunch as well is again one of the I guess one of the after effects bad this the bad effects of the war on drugs and creating this good guy bad guy uh, was throughout most professional careers to include the military to indicate that you had any type of what we would call a mental illness or even a mental issue PTSD uh, man I'm, I'm feeling a little down today that could be a career ender uh, much less to actually admit that you're being prescribed uh, in, in the army I don't know if it's that way now I've been out for 13 years but while I was in the army if you were prescribed uh, mood enhancing uh, you know anything right. anything if you couldn't get zoloft you couldn't get xanax if you were prescribed right. if, you were, if you had some kind of mental uh, illness that's correct you you were going to be you know put on notice towards the end of it it was a oh it'll be nice we'll, we'll medically discharge you um but again the concept of well i'm going to serve through my retirement and heck i might even make general and and have it known that i'm got PTSD no that's just not going to happen you're not you're not going to get promoted right. and so that that's one of the absolute downsides of this war on drugs is that so now if I want it and it's human nature the military teaches you self-medication um you suck it up and drive on uh ranger suck it up and drive on yeah uh, hey man I got a bullet I got I got shot well can you still fight yeah I can still fight well then let's fight um, and, and that's a survival me mechanism that's necessary in certain times. Uh, right. You know, fight through the pain. That's the whole point of the adrenaline rush. That's it, you know, and it's, but, but when it becomes a career ender and then now I've got to decide, you know, do I take, do I take a drink? Do I take, take a hit of, you know, do I, do I smoke some of that marijuana weed joint? Um, right. did I mispronounce it enough to make it sound like I don't know what I'm talking about? Um. <laughs> right, right. After a certain point, you know, stiff upper lip and um, you know, sucking it up and just you know being a man about it. At some point, that you know, it, like a drug, it can be too much. You know, yes, right. because, and the end state usually ends in death. Right. Um, you, you just ignore your problems. You know? That's right. And uh, yeah, and that works for a while, but like if you keep letting shit fall apart, it, it ends in death. That, that's it. Now, when you have, uh, and again, hitting on PTSD, which is near and dear to my heart, um, you've got, and again, I don't mean to be ageist or insulting anybody or anything, but you've got a lot of these young soldiers now. And when I say, when I say young, I mean, and I never thought I would say this, um, under 40, um, you got a lot of these young soldiers and especially in coming in their twenties, uh, you know, they graduated high school when they were 17, 18, they went to basic training and a lot of them, Certainly not the majority of, of the folks in the arm in the in the military, but a right. large portion of them ended up going six, seven, eight times downrange uh, to Afghanistan, Iraq, or somewhere in a support position, whether it be Korea, Germany, or or what have you. Um, and they're coming out of that with 
eight years to 10 years of wartime existence with the wartime mentality in a wartime military unit that is by no means a a social caring giving program and i don't mean this in a bad way uh, right I, I you're coming here you're coming here to fight or die you know it's it. i love my service in the army and and i i don't love the bureaucracy but i love the army i love the military service um yeah. but it's just it's a whole nother world it's a different it, mentality it really is. and and then they come out here into the civilian world where all of a sudden it's you know it's not black and white anymore it's it's completely gray and you know at, at least in at least in the military even under extreme ptsd even if you don't have ptsd even under extreme stressful conditions there's always a base point where you can go back to there's a sergeant there's a squad leader there's a team leader there's a there's a regulation there's a yeah. field manual there's something i can go to 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 reference and right. now I'm out here. So if the, if, if the head's cut off, there's someone you can fall back on. That's it. It's, you know, and, and all of a sudden you're released out here. And I think, and I've not done any study other than just my, my own introspection, but I think that's a lot of the issue with the homeless population. Because you're not given the answers. You're, you're used to having pretty much your life figured out for you. That's it. It's, you know, you do what you're told. What One of the things we used to always say in the army, and I loved it, was, I mean, I embodied this. I am by no man, by no means a, a super genius. As long as you show up at the right place, at the right time, with the right equipment, you will succeed. And the right place and the right time and the right equipment was all published on a checklist. So for a guy like me I, I was in heaven and that's a military dictatorship so i thrived in a military dictatorship i loved it when they provided everything that i needed um and i had to and all i had to do was everything i was told right. i loved it and thrived on it do i want my kids to do you think that, an environment like that? Think Hell maybe no. that could be an allure of socialism is that it's having the answers given to us because there's a shit ton of anxiety that comes from having to figure out shit yourself. I believe that's what the leftists who right. have infiltrated into the liberal and democratic party, I believe that's what they are doing with a lot of this social media directing, uh, is it's, it's playing against those fears and anxieties. Um, and you know, and again, in a, in a world, in, in a country, United States, where things are changing so quick now, whether you have ever been in combat or not, hell, if you're, it, Luke, as a 21-year-old brother, I'm here to tell you, you have experienced more change in Nacogdoches in 21 years than most of the world has experienced in, you know, 100,000 years. So, yeah, how how a young person today has to deal with this onslaught of data well because it's exponential our, our progress has become exponential that's it and we're on the upward curve now and we're flying straight towards the fucking stars hanging on for dear fucking life and and that by any definition and again i don't know definitions change so quickly but by any definition that's traumatic yeah and it's a, it's a so, lot because it's going by so fast that's it and you don't you know you don't know do i get the iphone 9 or do i wait for the 10 well hell the 12's out they didn't even have the 11 yet 
Um, you know, it's, it's so nerve wracking. Really? Really? Is it that nerve wracking? Does that kid, and you know, like my mom used to say, those starving kids in Ethiopia, does he right. really care about the, the iPhone 12? Uh, it, it's, it's become right. what we're accustomed to. And it's so much easier. Instead well, yeah, of having... I mean, as the norms shift, our problems shift, you know. Absolutely. And they call it first world problems, third world problems, you know, or, or white That's girl it. problems or what have you. Like, it, our priorities shift because our problems that we used to have are now not problems. That's right. It's And it's and it goes back to what, what we talked about earlier is, I mean, heck, if you go back to, again, whether you believe in creation or Big Bang or whatever, yeah. Even before human life, the the first molecule split or whatever, the first atom split, that wasn't a peaceful split. It was a violent separation. Um, right. Bacteria eat other bacteria. It's a violent world out there. Um, and, and again, unfortunately, there are those nefarious folks who throughout history gain power. And, and I believe there's a certain amount of knowledge um has stayed in the public recollection but only those let, let me try to restate that bottom line is those those rich the richest 20th people on the planet whether they be today in the bohemian grove or whether it was 2000 years ago when they were hanging out in pompeii before vesuvius or it was 7000 years ago and they were hanging out in babylon or mesopotamia i believe those same 20 people are living exactly the same as they are living today and they are having the exact same conversation literally word for word eating literally the same food drinking literally the same wine and beer right the 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 repetition of history and uh reincarnation that, that's and that's that's just inevitable human nature and there's always going to be those who have the power. The, the question is, you know, if, if you're in a, if you're in a position that Let's you see. can talk to those in power, great. That makes for a great movie. But the reality is all of us peasants, whether there's, you know, just a handful of us or there's 7 billion of us, we're the ones who have to live together day by day. Uh, right. and, and this false narrative that the media, that whether it was, you know, it's like like Josh, you said before, it's 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 the media's job. It's it's the the newspaper's job, like it or not, um, to sell their printed word, however that word is printed. Um, and what sells is sensationalism. And right. when you have nefarious powers who understand that, again, whether it was the Romans convincing, you know, it was it was and this is my being a historian, I know a little bit, very, very little. And when I say a little, I mean a very little. Um, the history of Rome, um, you know, that the Senate was afraid of Caesar because he he became a threat to their power. He was he was a threat to the balance of power. Right. So I believe he, that they were, he, didn't, he didn't adhere to the whole you know cool kid club. That that's correct. And the people loved him. The people loved him. And right. they loved the Republic and he loved the Republic. Um, and so what I believe the powers that be using their media of the day, whatever it may have been, I don't believe it's what we say it was. I believe they had a higher level of technology right. that we give them credit for. Um, but whatever means they did, they politicked very hard 
to change their society from a republic where all the people, whether you were, even slaves had limited power, um, women could hold property and had power and had the right to divorce. Um, but what they did is they, they wanted to maintain power and they saw Caesar as a, as a problem to that power. So they convinced, uh, and it, it wasn't an overnight thing, it was something that, was, that had been growing for a number of decades. Um, but Caesar kind of embodied that. And so they convinced the people that an empire was better. And then they convinced Caesar, knowing that the people would revolt against it, to do, man, be, be, come on, man, be, be the monarch again, man. You, you know you want it. You know the people want it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, and so he did it. And then they murdered him for it. Uh, yeah. It, it was, it, it, it and did I get the story exactly right? Hell, I don't know. But but I think that story has been played out throughout history. Uh, right. It, and I think, like I said, history does repeat itself. Absolutely. Uh, but see, like, like we were talking about, like the cyclical nature potentially of the universe. How everything uh, is destined to repeat over and over again because we're on this, uh, or we're like on a wheel, or um, like the serpent eating its tail. You know. That's it, it goes around and round and round and we repeat this with age after age after age because eventually we'll get it right a lot of people a lot of people don't like that explanation a lot of people adhere to the linear progression rather than the cyclical uh, progression because cyclical um implies no progress whereas linear implies that you know we continue to go up and up and up and up in progress you know what i mean right and that's you're right that does cause an issue for some folks uh i think i i adhere a lot to that cyclical philosophy um again only not that i'm by any means uh, uh, studied that but just having you know having taken my required astronomy course in college i'm now a certified astronomer um <laughs> having said that if if you whether it's in nature whether it's how the moon rotates the earth the earth rotates the sun the sun rotates etc 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 there's yeah. a cyclical nature but within that cycle it's not exact and it, it's not exactly the same every time there are there are minor perturbations that are unique to each cycle and the cycles themselves change right. forward and backwards from time to time right. um and and that just assumes a single universe theory when you get into the multiverse or uh other dimensions which are you know two different things uh then even then the, the cyclical nature of it in in my mind becomes even more it makes even more sense because all that all that we know the universe is you know we we don't know what that is we just know right. what we can observe we assume and i i know this because i watch youtube so I, I watch smart people talk and they say they assume that the universe is in the form of a sphere or a spheroid uh what what delineates right. the boundaries because is just unknown. just just because of our um understanding of um our understanding of how explosions work and based on the big bang that that's right basic physics in in the observable universe uh and the theories that we've created to support it 
um, right. which means absolutely nothing to the universe, but it means a lot to us. Um, do, do you think if we ever prove the universe wrong, that it will cease to exist? Uh, I mean, it, it could. We were talking about uh, with um, the, uh, what, what was the test with the photons and uh, Schrodinger's yeah, yeah. the two slit test. Yes. So what they did is they found out it behaved one way and upon observing it, it changed. A lot like Schrodinger's cat and a lot like we were talking about with, um, we don't really understand how aerodynamics work specifically. Right. And a lot of people theorize that if we did ever figure out the true nature of it, it would all suddenly stop working. You know, it just did. just like with the two slit test or with the um, with a Schrodinger's cat, upon observing it in its truest form, you know, observing it truly, it all other quantum waves cease to exist or collapse upon the one observed reality. Right, and it suddenly stops working because we have seen it for what it is. The, it. the so in that case, then would that mean that reality is technically just a, an illusion predicated on the fact that we believe that it does this because of one thing, but as soon as we know the truth, it stops working. And that's a testament to if potentially that's how it works and everything's predicated on an illusion and, or maybe we're just dreaming this all up or it's matrix or what have you, there you go. that's a testament to, in my opinion, the human brain and the power of it. You know, we can literally imagine physics into existence i think the yes. best way to uh, the best way i've heard this sort of thing summed up is probably the part in the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where a author tries to prove god doesn't exist to himself and the argument goes something like i refuse to pu uh, prove that i exist says god for proof denies faith and without faith i am nothing but, man says, the Babelfish is a dead giveaway, isn't it? It could not have evolved by chance and uh, proves you exist, and so therefore, by your own arguments, you do not exist, QED. Oh dear, God says, I hadn't thought of that, and promptly vanishes in a puff of logic. I absolutely hmm. love that. <laughs> I love I Douglas I Adams, man. He was, he was a genius in his own right. <laughs> I still haven't read that book. Oh, I need so to get it, need but I, to. I, I, I still haven't read it. It's the best five book trilogy it's you'll ever so read. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm going to, uh, you, you reckon that they got it on audible? Oh, for sure. For sure. Excellent. Okay. I'll, I'll look it up on audible. I'm better with audio books so I can yep. listen to it while I'm doing something menial. <laughs> and, and you know, there, there's another movie and I can't remember it, the name of it, but there's a guy uh, who has decided that he's God. Uh, and sitting at a diner and the guy across from asked him, well, how, how do you know that you're God? And he goes, well, every time I pray to God, I find that I'm only talking to myself. So therefore, I must be God. <laughs> huh. Which, Again, I mean... Simplicity I mean, it, at its best. Right. Which, I mean, if you get down to it, though, if, you know, if we can literally imagine physics into existence, that means then potentially we could imagine our religions into existence. That means the gods exist as they do for people because we believe it. And if that's the case, you could believe yourself to be God, you know? Which is loosely part of the arguments of what existed to create 
the Big Bang. And that's where, in in my mind, again, just from my personal background, I've I've never had the issue that science and religion are at odds with each other. I know they have been historically, and I know a lot of people today still think they are. I I've think never they're different interpretations of the same thing, honestly. Exactly. Uh, that's that's been my opinion of it, and and having having again just a rudiment having the ability to read but not understand much i've read a lot in my life and right. that's one of explanations to give answers to our questions that's it yeah. and it's and that's one of the things they talk about is is exactly that is wh whether whether it was god or whether it was just random chance what caused that first spark that first pre-adam that first because what they're saying now what what those smart people who talk astronomy and big bang and physics and stuff is right. they're saying that before the big bang the universe actually existed for a period of time prior to the big bang now when they say time you know they're talking super small amounts of time but back right, right, then, right was, at the beginning of time where time first started becoming a thing right there and they're and they're saying that it was like you know the equivalent of like an entire like a half, millionth of a second, you know, yeah, just a half, half of a nanosecond that there was the universe before the Big Bang, and that, and that's the question again. It goes back to even even the 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 physical, the the non-creationists. What created that? Something it could could it and and that's the question the philosophers ask. Could it have just willed itself into existence, it, and thus? Did man will ourselves? Did the consciousness will itself into existence? And, and that's, I wonder that's the big questions. Right, and, and if that's the case, then if potentially the consciousness did will itself into existence, then that means the consciousness is separate from the meat suit. Yes, and and that I agree with. I believe with. I right. believe it's intertwined with, but independent of. And I think. Again, just in my gee whiz, not knowing anything, I think that's where the DNA somehow, some way comes into play as an intermediary um, for us carbon-based life forms. Um, right. that, that there's something there, and we were talking earlier about reincarnation, and I'd mentioned something about, uh, you know, molecular memory. Um, you know, it's they, however they can prove these things, uh, scientists have shown that yes, DNA does retain memory. Uh, right. It literally passes on things that it learned from one generation to the next generation. But I wonder. Um, if, I wonder if not just DNA, but all stuff does that, and that's potentially why history repeats itself because there is that molecular memory. Everything, and that's, you know, that's what I, I do matter. think that because because that's you know they found DNA bits fossilized in uh space objects that are not on earth now that we've been mining you know we've actually mined a couple of asteroids out there now right. um and they believe they found what is fossilized dna it, and in my mind i've got to constantly remind myself dna does not spell human dna right. spells carbon. a building block to life right um, carbon it, it, that's it. It's the tree of life. If, if anything is a real tree of life in this universe, I believe it's DNA. Right. Um, 
that's probably why I'm so interested about the uh, most recent Mars rover mission because we've recently yeah. landed a rover on Mars just now and from from the science that they've got on that thing and their plans for the future in I think their uh, point was 2024 20, I think uh, to bring samples back from the surface I think what we might find from that could be mind-blowing uh, I, I don't really do science myself but knowing what could be there and being able to learn what has been thriving or what used to thrive on that environment compared to right. what builds ours actually get our hands on it yeah, not just yeah, look at yeah. it right and, and I, I do I, I I've I've always been fascinated by that and again that's what that's one of the things I try I, I try to remain encouraged with with the huge waste and all the all the negativity going on in the world those are some of the positive things that are going on that that aren't getting a whole lot of media unfortunately because you know I would have thought if you would have asked me 30 years ago, you know, we got a Mars rover, man. That would be, that would be the headlines. That would be the deal. Uh, right. and, and really, that's that's nothing. It's it's like you said, Josh. All all we're getting force fed. Well, up until, up until, and again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I've stopped seeing something. But I'm not, I'm not having COVID forced down my throat since January, like I was all last year. All of a sudden. It's still out there and the vaccinations are out there, but the media in America is not, although they're still reporting COVID deaths, they're not telling me to be scared anymore. Yeah. Right. I mean, I noticed that with our media recently as well. Like, there has been a hard shift. Uh, there was a noticeable shift in the news reports we were getting. Yeah, we were still getting the stati uh, statistics of who was dying, uh, how many people are dying, how many people have got it. But there was then that section was a lot smaller than it has been then it was more you know jovial news rather than everything's fucked <laughs> well, right. out of curiosity i'll, I'll ask you because i'm I, I used to keep up with world events now i i don't even keep up with my small town events <laughs> but uh was was there a recent election in the uk not that i know of no what, what's, happening, what's happening is is it it was a good tool and you never let a crisis go to waste so right. they used the fear tactic as much they milked it as much as they could and then the story moved so i'm, I'm a firm believer that here in the united states just watching u.s media that's that's what i've seen is and again not and I'm open for debate and argument. I, I would, I would be, I would love it if somebody would change my mind. But the media in America is absolutely controlled by one side. Um, almost certainly. And it's almost, it, it's almost 99 percent uh, uh, liberal. It really is. It, it really, really is. It's, it's, uh, and, and that exactly is what I've noticed here in the U.S. Uh, is that it. it what Which you described, Josh, is exactly here. It's more of a jovial now, and it's kind of like you know, and and in my conspiratorial mind, I mean, I I know why it is. It's because they won against Trump, and now right. they can move on to the next crisis, Mister Potato Head. Right, uh, and honestly, honestly, having the media be liberal in at at, the, at its basis form is really a good thing because yes, liberal tends liberal and entertainment. You know, entertainment mm -hmm. tends to be liberal. Because it's supposed to be pushing the envelope, comedy, etc. It's supposed yes. to be pushing the envelope. That's the definition of liberal. 
Right. But looking into new ideas, right? But what's happening is they're looking into a new idea to the exclusion of, of all other new ideas. And it's not even a new idea. They're right. looking into a single idea of, of a global agenda, the social elite. And again, that's my conspiracy, conspiracy theory. Uh, and there, and there are those that are profiting at all levels and, uh, and they're okay with it. And again, I will say not to be judging of anybody. I profited well in a military dictatorship with socialist tendencies. I, hell, they promoted me to Lieutenant Colonel. <laughs> you right. know? So, so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I hate socialism. I'm saying I'm a constitutionalist and, right. uh, I believe in the republic that was created here under the ideas not to practice but under the ideas uh and that there's always room for improvement and we can only get that improvement through conversation uh, exactly. and you know and so so important things in my mind like exploration of mars and mining of asteroids which absolutely may help you know so many great things came out of our space program uh, from tang orange juice. Um, sorry, you guys never got to experience that. Um, I, I did actually get to experience it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Velcro. Uh, no, it wasn't the aliens in Area 51. It was oh, our own man. U.S. space program. Uh, and and so many great things are coming out of the technology that that we're using for space exploration. Right. Uh, and it's all being shadowed by gender studies and why shrimp like to have sex so often right uh, and like i like 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 i explained at lunch i do think that it's a it's a genuine like new concept that should be given you know funding to be looked into okay i want it to be studied all the way to you know it, it's you know it, take, take the thought and go as far as you can with it okay but accept whatever answer comes out of it don't try to twist it to this agenda or that agenda, you know, be it left or right, you know. Don't try to twist it and make it adhere to your belief system. Take the idea, uh, gender studies, and go yeah. as far as you can with it. Give it funding. Let it be studied. But don't let it exclude all other possibilities. Play around with all concepts, not just this. That's the whole point of liberalism is to test new ideas you're right on the bleeding edge and you're often demonized for it because it's different that's right and that that i totally agree with and that's what i think is the the importance of words and i i do believe words uh, this is going to sound counterintuitive i believe that today words don't matter i do believe that words do matter and words carry meaning right but today words aren't used for conversation words are used as weapons uh either in the offense or defense if you use a word that may be known to everybody for one thing but i see an opportunity just like you said it's a uh, saul Alinsky's, uh rules for radicals never let a crisis go unused exactly. um and and you know that's not a conspiracy that's a real book written by a real guy who said really do this and that's the difference between a liberal and a leftist a right. liberal like a conservative is somebody who has a view whether it be you know conservative is not bad puritanical conservative just says 
you know, we're, we're going to hold back on the changes. The liberal says, we're, we're going to push forward on the changes. Right. Again, ideally, both sides being ethical and you right. and you find the medium. See, point. see what they are. They're, they're both necessary because I think that liberals are the ones that push for progress. Okay. Whereas the conservatives are the brakes. They're the ones that say, okay, slow down. I know you're excited because this is new, but we have to slow down because if you keep going, you're going to trip and bust your fucking nose. Yeah. And here's, here's what I think what's happened here recently uh, in the last 10 to 15 years is that the, a group of funded leftists and I, I won't get into definitions now. I would encourage anybody, please go out there and don't just read Wikipedia. At least look up three different sources, old, you know, high school, college research paper requirements, use three sources. But but look, look up these words, these definitions and see what they mean um, for, you know, be, because we throw out again. Well, you're you're just you just hate liberals no i don't hate liberals i'm pretty right. liberal on a lot of things and i'm also very conservative on a lot of things same um, here what i'm not is a leftist i right. don't want a, a left a liberal and, and this is just jeff smith's opinion a, a liberal and a conservative both can exist in a constitutional republic right. both striving for the improvement of that constitutional republic right uh, it, it, like well, we were talking about, you know, we we can get along, but we don't have to live together. That's it. We can but agree. A leftist, a leftist does not want a constitutional republic. A leftist wants to destroy that. A leftist is most often, along with alt right or extreme right, are are known as fascists. Um, fascists aren't just Republicans. Fascists aren't just Democrats. Fascists aren't either American political party. Um, yeah. But but that but that's where where they're they're trying to get everybody so in, incited into that fight of again the the good versus the evil. The the we got to declare a war on somebody, whether it's Mr. Potato Head or uh, you know we we got to have that conflict that conflict or else they'll see what's really going on which is 535 people and all their cronies are getting rich hand over fist at the expense of the american public and at, at the expense of the rest of the world um and yeah. I, in, I just, in, the, in the meantime china and russia are having a field day doing literally whatever they want on the planet um and, and no one there's no superpower there to stop them and their own people have, you know, what we're doing right here between our free countries, you know, UK, United States. I think that's wonderful. So much of the world can't even do this. Um, and that's lost on so many Americans. Um, they just assume that the whole world can just Twitter and Twitter and, you know. Yeah. They, they take what they have for granted. And like I said, hopefully, hopefully with this, like, like I was talking about earlier, it. It, it's an eye-opener for some people, and it pushes people to st stop shouting at each other and try talking. That's it. That's it. And, and, and if I'm ever talking too loud, feel free to tell me to shut up, uh, you know, and, I, and I'll listen. And no, you, you've been good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sp speaking of that, though, we're 
probably about to have to wrap it up. So let everyone else, let everyone know where they can find you if you want and let people know, you know, good places they can go support if they so desire. Cool. I appreciate that. Uh, again, I appreciate you, Luke and Josh, for what you guys are doing. No problem. Uh, again, my name Glad Jeff to I look forward um, to having you on a lot more. Cool. I, man, I, I would enjoy being on here. Um, awesome. Patriot Guard Riders, just Google Patriot Guard Riders. They're, they're a worthy cause. We don't care. You don't even have to ride a motorcycle. All you got to do is agree to honor the, the person that we were invited there to, uh, to stand in honor of. Show reverence um, for the dead, huh? Yeah, absolutely, man. That's that's the deal. Those who are willing to stand up for us in their lives, we're willing to stand up for them uh, in their passing. Right. Uh, and in, in my own mind, that helps them pass to the other side, and it helps me deal with my ghosts as well. Um, it's good so, shit, dude. Hell yeah. Thank you for allowing me out here, man. It's uh, Thanks, man. I can't say it enough, brother. <laughs> no problem at all, dude. And like I said, I look forward to having you on a lot more. Cool. Josh, give my regards to uh, the whole UK side, man. <laughs> sure, dude. It's been an absolute brilliant listening to you. Is you are such an interesting guy. Well, thank, thank you, Mister Producer. Uh, and it's been an honor with you too, brother. I, I appreciate you, man. Josh, you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, sure. So I'm Josh, also known as Riddick on Splash Damage Radio. Uh, that's Wednesdays at. 8 p.m. Uh, to 10 p.m. GMT. That's British time. Uh, just random fun stuff, good music, and yeah. SplashDamageRadio.co.uk. I look forward to looking for you, brother. Yeah, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. So go check them out. Like I said, make sure you don't forget these things. It, you know, they're awesome. They're doing good shit. You know, good music and helping helping people that need it. Definitely go give them a look. Music is a powerful thing, man. Definitely is. And we, man, we'll, we'll shelve that for later or we'll keep running on. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Y'all take it easy. All right, man. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.